Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is Joshua P. Warren Daily. Uh, I am here in my uh, hotel room in Las Vegas. Hopefully my signal is okay. It might uh, cut in and out a little bit. I've had some issues here. But uh, I want to tell you about a few things. For one thing, I will tell you, last night I was approached by three prostitutes. And uh, I'm going to tell you about those experiences. Now, you might ask yourself, why in the world are you going to tell us about being approached by a prostitute? Well, I'll, I'll explain. That's because I know for a fact that many people who listen to this program uh, never leave the house. Uh, they uh, certainly would never be in a Vegas casino in the middle of the night. And the only thing they know about being approached by lady of the night is what uh, what they see on television or, or maybe in the movies and that sort of thing. So I'm going to tell you uh, this reality of, of life, this slice of life, because I have a weird schedule, of course. I'm kind of a nocturnal creature, and frequently I will go to bed uh, maybe a little bit early, and then I'll wake up at 2 or 3 in the morning, and if I'm in a casino, I'll go down, and I will gamble. And I have... Uh, Great luck, as you probably know. I usually win, and uh, that's one of the reasons I like uh, the roulette table. I go there, and I'll experiment with different techniques. So last night, I was downstairs in the middle of the night by myself in the casino, and I will tell you this. When you are a solo man in the middle of the night in Las Vegas in a casino, and a solo woman walks up to you, and says something like, hey, where are you from, you know? Uh, I Look, I understand there's a difference between just a lady trying to pick up a date and a prostitute. They're very good judges of character, and if you're a good judge of a character, and you can see they're a good judge of character, and you can see that is an opening line frequently used by prostitutes. So the first lady who came up to me uh, she looked kind of like uh, Mila Kunis, very uh, sleek brunette. And uh, so she said, the first thing out of her mouth was, uh, do you have a cigarette? And I said, no, I do not. And she goes, oh, where are you from? Okay. And so I saw instantly what was happening here. And uh, I mentioned something pretty uh, quickly about uh, my wife. Now, if you have a wife or a girlfriend, uh, as a matter of fact, even if you don't have a wife or a girlfriend, and you're a man who gets propositioned in such a way, and you can tell if it's happening, uh, if you just very quickly bring up wife or girlfriend, it's like holding a, a kryptonite up uh, to Superman, or it's like the cross to Dracula where he kind of withers and slides into the background. So that's how you can kind of neutralize the conversation. You just keep on the moving. So that one was pretty easy now, the, the second go-around was uh, much more uh, odd, actually. So there are different types of roulette tables in these casinos. And you think of the roulette table usually as one with a live dealer standing there spinning the wheel. But there are also these sort of robotic automated roulette wheels. And uh, they so there's a, a real mechanical wheel there with a real ball bouncing around it, and there are about five or six seats around this. And you can sit there uh, with a little computer screen in front of you and place your bets without being involved directly with any other human, which is great when you're in my position because 
I'm frequently doing experiments, you know, and with with roulette and chance ESP and all that. And so it's kind of cool to be able to sit down and do that with one of these machines and not have to worry about some live dealer looking at you like, what is this weirdo doing? And so here I am sitting there at this automated robotic roulette wheel by myself, five o'clock in the morning, deep in thought. I'm practically in a telekinetic trance trying to manipulate what is happening on this wheel. And all of a sudden, boom, two ladies are there. And the best way I can describe these ladies to you is um, by referring to the movie Fargo. There were a couple of sort of jolly ladies who uh, served this role in the movie Fargo. And, And so they plop right down, big smiles, very nice, all of their assets on the table, so to speak. And the one sitting right next to me, the first thing she said is, what are you doing? <laughs> just like jerks me out of my uh, trance. Maybe I shouldn't have worded it that way. But basically, it's, it's sort of like I feel like uh, you hear these stories about people who are astrally projecting and all of a sudden uh, somebody taps them on the shoulder and they go right back into their body. So she goes, what are you doing? And I snapped my head to the right and said, I'm playing roulette. And then she gave the old line, oh, where are you from? And I said, I'm from North Carolina. And she goes, oh, well, what brings you to Vegas? I said, my wife and I. <laughs> Maybe I should just have a recording on my phone that I hit I hit the button and hit play like, just has this pre-recorded message. My wife, who I love very much. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so she got the picture and she moved on. And look, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to say anything bad about these ladies. Again, I, I, as a matter of fact, I respect entrepreneurs. I am an entrepreneur, and uh, I look. I don't care what you're doing. About ninety percent of the time, there is a little margin in there, but. Prostitution, you know, go for it. If 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 you're self-employed and that's the means, and we're in Hollywood, or excuse me, not in Hollywood. I, I actually have encountered this sort of thing in Hollywood, but we're in this town here in Vegas that they call Sin City, right? And I don't think that um, a lot of people would be in a casino in Sin City in the middle of the night like me, but uh, it's. You know, it may be a little different than you imagine in the movies, but it is Sin City, and as a matter of fact, right down the street, there is a theater called the Sin City Theater, which is in a hotel casino called Planet Hollywood, which is owned by Caesar's Palace, and you will find that usually about five days a week at 4 p.m. in the Sin City Theater, There is a fantastic magic show that is produced and presented by a friend of mine, Murray Salchuk, Murray the Celebrity Magician. Now, if you've ever watched Pawn Stars um, on the History Channel, you know, sometimes someone will come in there and they will bring some type of uh, an artifact 
that relates to Vegas magic, like Houdini's handcuffs or Harry Blackstone's little birdcage illusion. And they always call a, a magical expert in, and they call Murray Salchuk. They call Murray the magician to come in, and he evaluates things. And he has spent his entire life immersed in the field of magic. He was a finalist on America's Got Talent. He's been all over the world performing magic. And as a matter of fact, every year, I mean, he travels around the U.S. and, and literally can draw thousands of people in one show. I mean, that's, a, that's, that's an amazing ability to draw thousands of people to come into a room and watch you. And so um, Lauren and I were very fortunate. We got some uh, nice VIP tickets to his show there. And um, it's funny because when we got there, there was already a big, long line of people that had been waiting almost an hour. And uh, we got to go right to the to the front in the VIP line. <clears throat> First people let in, had a nice glass of wine, great seat, and just watched a, a fantastic show. Uh, Murray is not only a wonderful magician and illusionist, but he also is uh, a great comedian his stuff is very edgy, it's, it's unexpected, it's clever. It's just an all-around wonderful show. And then um, afterward, we uh, we went out and, um, and had drinks with Murray, and I got to meet his mother. She's in town for the holidays, so that was really cool. And uh, Murray and I were talking about putting together some type of a, um, a television program. And... I, you know, I can't really tell you at this point too much about it, as I'm sure you understand, but I hope it works out. Now, look, I also have some other friends who are really good magicians, and so um, I I had, had to learn magic tricks um, early on in my life, in part because I was researching real phenomena, and I wanted to be able to tell the difference between something that was real and something that was fake, and so... Um, I started learning magic tricks so that I could spot phony stuff better. And uh, uh, I'm kind of an amateur magician. You know, I could show you a few things at the dinner table. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we're talking about maybe putting together a program where um, we take his skills and my skills and combine them in some way. If you can imagine what that might be. Uh and, you know, Murray is a very skeptical guy, which a lot of these magicians are. I think a lot of magicians, they um, they get involved with illusions and they see how easy it is for people to be fooled. And then, then they start thinking that everybody's just being fooled all the time. And it's kind of odd because right now this is happening on a mass scale. In my last podcast, I was you know, excited telling you about this sort of UFO disclosure that seems to be taking place where the Pentagon has officially admitted that they produced a program to study crashed UFO debris and the weird physical effects that it can create on various people. And uh, the media has been all over this. I mean, uh, one of the guys who was a part of the project uh, was interviewed on CNN, and uh, ABC has had a bunch of pieces out there now with different people. I think it's pretty cool, but I've been getting all these emails from people since, I guess, over the past day saying, oh, don't trust this. 
It's a false flag operation. And, you know, that term false flag, it goes back to the days when pirates would raid ships. And the pirates, they would have like a trunk they would take with them of that may have like 20 different flags from 20 different countries. And if you were a merchant ship flying with your country's flag, they would pull your country's flag out of their little trunk and reel it up there so that you, so they looked friendly and then they could get as close to you as possible. And then at the last minute, crank up the old pirate flag and oh, everybody shit themselves. And then they would, come on board and rape the ship. So that term is now being used in relation to covert government and military operations that are um, supposed to maybe persuade in some form or another the public to get behind some kind of an operation that they otherwise might not support. And, and of course, in the worst case, we're talking about a government literally attacking itself so that it can justify going to war with another country they blame it on. Uh, But there are all kinds of ways you can twist and and distort that. So there are people, I mean, I'm telling you, serious people who've been emailing me saying like, oh, this is false flag. Uh, I don't trust the way this is being done. I don't trust how this information is coming out. Uh, We are receiving this information at this time in this way because the government is trying to use it to get us behind some type of military action. And I have read all of these emails thoughtfully. I have had a number of discussions with uh, people I trust. And I must tell you that I honestly do not believe that that this disclosure is a false flag. And the reason I tell you that is that, uh, look, if our government wants some justification to go to war or to really, you know, change anything regarding how we are, are structured, they've got North Korea with nuclear weapons sitting right there to blame everything on. Our government at this point in time could do just about anything they wanted and blame it on the North Korean threat and get away with it. They don't have to say, oh, and by the way, there's aliens in the mix as well. Okay, That's not necessary. It's not practical. Um, I mean, think about this logically. If there are people out there who are telling you that this is a false flag operation, that they're bringing in aliens right now to get something achieved, to get something done, if you are in a governmental position and you're dealing with the mainstream media, would you jump to aliens and Project Blue Beam and all that? No. You just say, oh, the North Koreans, they're hacking everybody. They're hacking into our systems. They can hit Los Angeles with a nuke. They could, they, they've already detonated EMPs. Oh, my God, look, the Atlanta airport, went, it, the power failed there. It's destroying our – I mean, they have a million, like, practical, realistic, believable things that everybody would accept that they could use as an excuse if they wanted to get us behind or geared up for some type of um, military operation. So I find it funny that there are so many people out there who are like, 
when is some kind of UFO disclosure going to come? When's it going to come? When's it going to come? When's it going to come? It's, and then finally you get something and you turn around and you're so paranoid that you poo-poo the thing. And I mean, it's like, come on, you can't have it both ways. I think the reason this information is getting out there right now is that it's another sign of the times. It's because of the internet and information age. It's getting harder and harder and harder to keep secrets these days. And that's because the cat can get out of the bag so quickly, you can't put the genie back in the bottle, everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame, and that's what's happening now. Finally, you're going to see now the snowball effect of more and more people who are with the mainstream media who are picking up on the interest in UFOs. You should be happy about this. You should support this. You should do whatever you can to keep this ball rolling, keep the momentum going. Uh, don't get all negative about it and start saying, oh, this is a, a Project Blue Beam false flag covert operation now. Because this is what we need to expand. We need this to get so big that there are government officials who, who actually want to be like, well, I'm the guy who's going to go down in the history books. I'm the lady who's going to go down in the history books who puts this information out. This is a chance. This is an opportunity. Don't blow it. So I'm here in Las Vegas. And uh, I'm right in the heart of everything that's happening right now, meeting with people and having fascinating conversations. I've already been in uh, corresponding with the reporters at the uh, New York Times and other places. Uh, it's all good. And I'll do my best to keep you informed on what I'm finding here in Vegas to the best of my ability. This podcast is called Joshua P. Warren Daily. And um, it's called that because I try to do it you know, at least every day, and it's free. It's always short. If you go to joshuapwarren.com, you'll find a section on my uh, site there called Gallery of the Strange that you'll just love. If you click on that, you could spend hours digging into all kinds of weird stuff. It's really cool. Um, and also at joshuapwarren.com on the homepage, you will find a link at the top to this podcast. You can subscribe via various means. And you can just follow me on Twitter, and I try to tweet when I have a new one posted. So again, that's joshuapwarren.com. There is no period after the P when you go to joshuapwarren.com. I hope you're having a great week leading up to Christmas. Um, hey, I'll keep you informed. Thank you for staying interested. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being curious. And I will talk to you again soon.